All right, guys, I'm so excited we're here with Coach Dave Eckstein. Dave, how are you doing today? Doing great. Appreciate being here, Nate. Well, I really appreciate it because we're on the very back end of dead period, so you're giving us a little bit of time to, to catch up and, and finish up that. But how's your summer been so far? It's been a really good summer. It's uh, Obviously, it's gotten real hot here lately. Yeah. Um, but we were lucky before the dead period. The weather was nice and cool. Mm -hmm. uh, we work in the afternoons because we have paraprofessional coaches. So okay. the heat's definitely a concern when we go back. Yeah, it's been it's humid, gonna, too. It has. It's been yeah. hot and humid, and it uh, looks like it's going to be that way for a while. Yeah, I can see. tell you got a little bit of sun on your face. I know you've logged some hours out there. Uh, well, hey, I know that you know a, a ton of people in Northern Kentucky, but uh, for those that may not uh, know you, can you just give us a, a little history lesson on, on Dave and kind of how you got into coaching and maybe some of the pit stops along the way? I know you've had several different schools that you've helped mm -hmm. coach football primarily. That's been your only sport, right? Mm -hmm. along the yes. Way? Yeah, so just kind of give us a quick uh, quick rundown of, of Dave and, and how you got into coaching. Well, I'm, uh, I'm a Northern Kentucky guy. I was born and raised uh, here in the Florence Union area. Uh, went to Boone County High School, graduated in 1983. Um, uh, ended up uh, ended up coaching a, a, a youth football team, helping a friend of mine when I was a senior in high school. Okay, um, it was a fifth and sixth grade team, and it just I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed working with young people, and uh, and I made a decision then that that's kind of the direction that I wanted to go. Uh, and so I did that for a while and then when I was in college at Northern, uh, Coach Houck offered me a chance at Boone County to, to come and coach the offensive line there. I was only 19 years old, wow. which you can't do nowadays, you right. have to be 21. Uh, so I was just very lucky, uh, spent seven years with Coach Houck and, uh, at Boone and, uh, and then went to Ryle, spent seven years at Ryle. Uh, How long the, has Ryle been around? Uh, since 1992. Okay, I was yeah. figured it kind of around that time. Yeah. yeah, so since 1992, Ryle's been around. I was there through uh, 1998, uh, went to Carroll County, which was a great experience, uh, and then uh, spent five years at Carroll County, and then I, I came, went to Bellevue, mm -hmm. and I was the head coach of Bellevue for five years, and uh, then became the assistant principal, and then uh, eventually the principal. Mm -hmm and uh, retired, had some health issues, retired a couple of years ago, and, uh, and now I'm, I'm doing well enough physically that, uh, that I can do a little bit of coaching again. So uh, I helped my friend Marty Steele at Boone County a little bit last year, and now with Bryson Warner as the head coach. Uh, uh, Bryson, I coached when he was in high school, and then he coached with us at Ryle for a year. Did he play uh, at Ryle as well? No, he played at Boone. Oh, he was a Boone grade. That's right. I remember the yeah. Letterman jacket when oh, he yeah. signed. Yeah, yeah, the old, yeah, the old he Boone was, jacket. He was That's one right. of the great ones yeah. at Boone County. He was a just an amazing linebacker, and uh, you know he's a, he's an awesome guy. He's a very unique person. He's got a very strong personality, very positive. Yeah. Uh, he's he's just an awesome person, and. Uh, I really believe that he's going to, to do a great job at Boone County and get that program turned around and back in the direction it needs to go. Yeah, that's awesome. We just had our uh, FCA leadership camp last week at Western, so I got to see kind of firsthand the, the football stadium. They have a beautiful football stadium out there in Bowling Green. It's it's like almost SEC level niceness, just a little smaller. I was really, I was exactly. really impressed. They have a lot of really good programs out there, and that's where he went. Uh, well, that's great. Well, you, I didn't even realize you had the, the Carroll County stop in there. That's yeah. interesting. Yes. Yeah. And you, uh, you lived in Union the whole time. Right? I did. Even the same I did. street, right? I <laughs> did. Yeah. Yeah. I lived in the same place 
you know, my whole career. Now we've That's moved awesome. just in the past couple of years, okay. uh, we've moved, but uh, you know, I drove, it was 40 minutes, 40 miles and 40 minutes uh, every day to Carroll County and back, but uh, it was a great experience there. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's just unpack a couple of, uh, you've seen, man, okay, Ryle, Bellevue, Carroll, all these different types of schools. What's been different uh, at the different schools and what's kind of remained the same regardless of where you're at? I'd love to, love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. Well. All three schools were very different. Ryle was uh, kind of an upper middle class at that time. It's become even more upper middle class now, but yeah. uh, at that time it was an upper middle class suburban school. Carroll County is uh, Carroll County is a rural area, but it also has a, a large number of people that live in the city of Carrollton. Uh, a lot of poverty in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Bellevue, of course, is, an, is considered an inner city school um, and a lot of poverty in, in Bellevue. Uh, so what I've noticed is every school that you go to, uh, they, they, there's a vibe. There's, mm-hmm. there's just something uh, that's unique about each school. Uh, and, and I've tried to embrace that each place I've gone. Uh, and just, I guess the, the things that are different it's strange, like when I was at Carroll County, um, the great kids, but the kids were not naturally tough. They were not naturally physical. It took us a couple of years to, to really get that aspect. Yeah. Bellevue, on the other hand, is completely the opposite. You, sure. As soon as I walked into Bellevue, they, 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 <laughs> that's what they do. You know, that's what the history is mm-hmm. at that school. Um, so every school is different. You know, when we started at Ryle, uh, well, a lot of people don't realize is if, if you were going to Boone County or to Connor, those are the two schools mm-hmm. that fed into Ryle at that time. Uh, if you were involved in any sport or band or anything like that, you stayed at the school you were at. Wow. So our first football team, we only had two kids on our team that had been on a high school football team. No way. Uh, and both of them <laughs> played the same position on the JV team at Boone County. So we started, it was, it was an awesome experience because we started from ground zero yeah. and, uh, you know, it wasn't like it is now. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we were able to, to get it built and, and have a good program and uh, do well. And I've been very lucky that uh, every school that I've been at, we've been able to win more games than we've lost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of the keys to being able to stay in coaching. Yeah, that's great. What would be either it could be both what would be a one of the the top players you've coached along the way mm-hmm. and then one of your one of the wins that you look back at and you're like man is that was i'm never going to forget that game i'm not I'm sure there's you know dozens of them but do you have any um player that you just man of all the of all the players that you've coached again i know there's a ton but anyone that kind of sticks out is like man this is just a special player person and then or a special win that you had along the way yes uh Obviously, you never say that a player is your favorite, but sure. because you, you love all the players. Yeah. Um, but the guy that stands out to me is a young man that played for us at Bellevue named Ricky Buckler. Mm. And Ricky was when he when he showed up as a freshman, uh, Ricky was about five foot four, five foot five, 120 pounds. But there was something special about him. He had a work ethic that was really really awesome. He was very tough uh, and just was a great example. Uh, 
on the field. Mm. Uh, the guy, his junior and senior year, he never finished second in anything that we did. Uh, he just he just had a heart of a champion. Uh, in his senior year, he ended up running for 2,862 yards in, in 13 games, 12, 13 games. He and, and was only 150 pounds at that point. Um, so, and, and carried the ball a lot, you know, and was hit by a lot of big guys. Man. And he always got up wow. and, and he just, he, he was not going to be denied, and, and he stands out to me as just, I would stand in awe sometimes just, just watching how someone so small um, could run over guys that were so much bigger. He was, he was awesome. Just he the really definition was. of resilience. Man. He was. He wow. was. And, uh, you know, went down to the uh, University of the Cumberlands and ended up starting down there for them as a freshman and, uh, and then ended up getting a couple of injuries that uh, he had to quit playing. But... You know, he definitely stands out as yeah. as, a, as a great one. That's cool. Wow. Well, what was the second? The part second of that? one would be just maybe a maybe a specific game or a oh. win that, that stuck out along the way. Yeah, uh, the two that the two that stand out to me are uh, in 1995. We beat Highlands, and that was huge. That was really big. And you were at which? We were, I was at Ryle. You're at Ryle, yeah. And and it was actually our first winning season, and. Uh, you know, we, we were not supposed to beat Highlands, and, and, and we, we beat Highlands, and it was a team effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone on that team believed that, that we could get it done, and, and we did. And then uh, in 2005 at Bellevue, we were able to beat Beachwood, and uh, that was huge. Oh, yeah. That was really big, and uh, because Bellevue had not beaten Beachwood since, uh, well, it had been a while, mm-hmm. and Bellevue hasn't beaten Beachwood since. Uh, that's the problem when you beat a Highlands or a Beachwood. They're, you can't sneak up on them ever again. You know? they, they know yeah, you're coming from then on. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, uh, I know we've we've talked about different, uh, all sorts of different topics on this podcast. Uh, some incredible stories and uh, different different questions along the way. But one of the things I felt like you might have some perspective on is what what would be some of the biggest challenges that you faced as a coach or that you currently see coaches facing and you know do you have any kind of wisdom on how we might face some of those challenges and obstacles that, that coaches face whether it be with their team personally kind of wherever what are some of the biggest biggest challenges you see well the biggest challenge i see and it's not just a football challenge is just the amount of time that we require from young people uh to to play sports uh, I think it's it becomes unhealthy at, at, at a certain point you see a lot of young people who get burned out ever before they ever get to high school yeah. on sports and, and I just think that's unfortunate and um, I've always tried to uh, be flexible with uh, with kids playing other sports um, I, I think that's important I mean I, I always like when when kids played other sports but I think we're getting further and further along where it's sports specific, mm-hmm. and, and I get it. Everybody, everybody wants their child to be able to get a college scholarship, and the problem is there's just not enough of those to go around. And I think we've lost sight of what athletics really are about. They're not about getting scholarships. It's about learning the life skills that are going to help you mm-hmm. be a successful adult. Yeah. And it, 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 you know, it just makes me sad um, that. We invest so much into 
the potential of, of getting a scholarship and, and it just leads to a lot of broken hearts and a lot of broken dreams. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, I think we as coaches have to be cognizant of being efficient with time. Uh, I, I've been around coaches that were not efficient with time. And the one thing that's not healthy for kids is just standing around. Yeah. Uh, that's when bad things happen. Yeah. So one of the things I've always focused on is, uh, is when I have them, we're going to be going 100 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. But then we're going to be finished, and, and it's their time. Um, I, you know, I, I believe it's important to invest time in sports, um, but I, I think sometimes we take it too far. Yeah, and the, the pressure for scholarships, and then you have the kind of the peer pressure of either different programs or different schools or mm -hmm. different people. If, if just one school has this level of time commitment, then it kind of puts pressure on everybody else to feel like, well, gosh, we're going to be behind if we're not. And you know, I remember, it, it does. Yeah. Uh, a great example is two days in football. Mm -hmm. I don't know any player that's ever played football that said they love two days. <laughs> uh, you know, when I was in high school, two days. I mean, it was eight in the morning to eleven, and then it was one to five thirty, and you didn't have water. Uh, it was not healthy. It just yeah. wasn't good, and and it wore your body down more than building your body up and you know I fell into the same mentality when I was at, at Ryle and and actually my first year at Carroll County we, mm -hmm. we did two a days and it struck me that we're not gaining out of this uh, you know what we should be getting yeah. out of it, things and, were kind of tapering off maybe in those afternoon sessions absolutely yeah. and, 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 and I could see that our teams over the years uh, guys that came into the season at 185 pounds that by your 10th game they were 165 pounds. That's that's not healthy. That's not good for uh, young people. So uh, my second year at Carroll County we did away with two a days and I haven't done it since and I haven't missed it one bit and and actually I feel like it's been a benefit to uh, the kids that I coached and now of course almost no one does two a days anymore because it's just you know it's just it's not necessary. Yeah, and the heat index, and it can affect morale and a lot of different things. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. But yeah, the, the time is a big one. Um, so you said kind of maybe being more intentional with the time you do have and being efficient. Uh, any other kind of top tier challenge that you that you you faced or that you see coaches face these days? Well, I think I think we're getting ready to run into a challenge of uh, in football of people playing yeah. because of the concussion issue. And I, and I certainly understand that. Uh, I will say that I'm, I'm pleased with the changes that have occurred in football, um, with the different levels of hitting. Uh, has, you know, hitting mm -hmm. has been reduced in practice, and I think it's great. I, I really do. One of the things that, yeah, it sounds silly, but toward the end of my head coaching career, mm -hmm. uh, I was a nervous wreck any time that we did live scrimmaging because of the collisions and, yeah. and the injuries and, and those things. And there, it's just not necessary. I mean, hitting is a part of the game and I, and, and I love the game. And I think there's so much that, that a player gains from playing football. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it can be done with, with lower risks. Yeah. But I definitely think we're gonna see fewer and fewer people playing 
uh, for a while at least. Yeah, with the, all the, the tension in the movie and everything else, all, all that kind of coming out. Yeah, that's a big deal. And I've noticed even just like watching the, the home run derby last night or other different sports, with whether it's soccer or baseball, whatever it is, if there's a there's a felt need for those sports, those organizations to promote their own game. Like they, they literally have to think about the, the youngsters picking a sport to play and, and making sure that there's kind of a, a funnel coming up to kind of keep this thing alive, which I never really thought about. That makes well, a lot of sense. You, you're exactly right. And it's not just football that it's happening with because, uh, you know, the video games. Mm-hmm. Kids kids can stay in the air conditioning <laughs> and and feel like they're playing football because of a video game or feel like they're, you know, batting 400 because of a video game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I used to play video games too, so mm-hmm. I can't say anything bad about it. Oh, but, yeah, I, so, yeah. but I think some we don't have we don't have balance sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and life is about moderation and balance. And uh you know, sometimes it'd be better if they put the video games down and, and went outside. I, I, you rarely, on a summer afternoon, drive by a basketball court and see 20 or 30 kids playing basketball anymore yeah. or playing backyard football uh, or baseball. You, you just don't see it much anymore, and, and that's what we used to do. Uh, not that I want to sound like one of those guys, you know, back in the old days we did this, but it's it's just I don't think it's as healthy for our kids and yeah. for our society actually yeah I agree and well I got three little ones now and we're already trying to figure out okay how do we limit screen time and whether it's shows or games or whatever it can really I mean left to their own devices they're going to pick the iPad over going outside in the heat you know nine times out of ten you know absolutely somebody's with them and, and it's hard as a parent because yeah. of the peer pressure uh, that the child faces and that the parents face and uh you know, let, let's be honest, an iPad, television, those are great babysitters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and uh, you know, there's times we need a babysitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> need a breather every once in a while. Uh, well, walk me through a little bit uh, of your journey of kind of the why behind uh, your coaching. I know we talked a little bit before before the interview of, uh, you know, kind of if you've had one major theme throughout your coaching career and that you kind of arrived at, what would be, um, you know, what would be kind of the top theme or, or lesson learned through through coaching and, and how that's um, inspired you or, and why you coached um, why you coached early on maybe compared to why you coached towards the end and kind of that shift a little bit well uh, to me it's important that that we as coaches love our kids more than we love the sport mm-hmm. and uh, we've all seen the coaches that love the sport too much and what I just don't think that's what coaching is about. Uh, coaching, uh, all these sports are, are just vehicles for us to be able to work with young people and help them again to learn life lessons and to learn uh, habits and qualities that will help them to be successful as adults. Uh, so I, from the very beginning of, of my coaching, uh, that's been my my philosophy is mm. is to love the kids. Now that doesn't mean you don't kick them in the rear end sometimes. I don't mean yeah. literally, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Never done that literally, um, but but you you have to challenge yeah. young people for them to grow. Mm. Um, but I've always felt it's it's important for them to know that I care about them as a human being. Mm. Uh, I you know I never felt like I was a great player and. I know what it feels like to be that guy that's yeah. not a great player. And 
so I always have kind of uh, been drawn to the guys that aren't the great athletes uh, that are just the the meat and potatoes you know, Jimmy's and Joe's you know mm -hmm. who who are out there and uh, they're I, still showing up every day and yes. putting the reps in and everything yes. else and, and they're just as always, important in yeah. a team sport and especially in a sport like football those guys are just as important as your best player. Uh, every football team has, uh, has a spirit. And it's been my experience that the spirit comes from those guys. And I don't mean the rot Ross spirit, I mean an internal spirit in, in the team. Uh, so I, I think love is, is so important. I don't think enough coaches talk about love. I, I, I always, told my players that I love them and I'll I'll be there for them today tomorrow and 10 years from now and and, and I still live by that um, so that's been my focus Which is a really big deal for specifically some players who maybe don't don't hear that from a father or father figure to have a head coach say I genuinely love you and there's there's some actions to back that up. I mean, I have to imagine that's definitely impacting some people along the way. I hope it has and, <laughs> and I, I know it has um, you know, you, you, you see guys that you've coached and, and you know, they, they tell you how much they appreciate what you did for them and all that. But uh, it's my hope that every player that I've ever coached really knows that I cared about them more as a human being than as a player. And I know that sounds kind of cliche, but, but I sincerely mean that. And uh, now the biggest, the, biggest, uh, the biggest thing that I would do differently is I, I really didn't become a Christ follower until later in my coaching career. And I didn't always exemplify uh, the qualities of a Christ follower. And, uh, you know, I regret some of the things that, that I've said and some of the things that I've done as a coach, and I'm sure that most coaches do. Um, but the one thing I know for sure is they, they, they knew that my heart was in the right place and that I loved them. Mm -hmm. um, but if I had if I had to do over again, I'd love to to have been more of a Christian coach. Gotcha. Yeah. How did that? If you don't mind sharing, how did that go? Um, you know, what led you to that relationship with with Christ, and how did that how did that start? Well, I have always um, I've always sought out information on God and on mm -hmm. on Christianity, and uh, I would have called myself a Christian. Uh, for years and years and years, but but I really uh, it was it was 2002, and I was actually on my way down to Carroll County, mm. and uh, and I, I just had a a moment of just I mean it wasn't a moment of despair. I was in despair. Uh, I was struggling uh, with uh, with with being there and not feeling like I was making a, a, enough of an impact, a positive impact. Because you don't always see the results immediately. A lot of times you're planting seeds that you may not see until later right. on. Right, and that's exactly and what they, That's a challenge, yeah. It is, and uh, and I just felt like my life was empty. And, and I, I, I mean, I've been blessed my entire life, Nate. The Lord has blessed me beyond measure. Mm -hmm. uh, even when I wasn't uh, chasing Him, He was chasing me. Right. And, uh, you know, I had a wife and I had two wonderful children and I just felt an emptiness in my soul. And I remember I, I was on I-71 and it wow. just passed the uh, Verona exit and I just 
broke into tears. Mm-hmm. And and I just just asked God for help, you wow. know, to uh, to save me, to 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 help me through a, a, a very difficult time. And uh, it was a light bulb moment for me. Now, again, I don't think I necessarily was very good at following Christ. Um, I wanted to, didn't know how to, um, but, I, but I was headed in the right direction. And, and that's the thing is I, I think all of us is uh, God really appreciates our efforts of trying. None of us are ever going to be sinless. Right. The only thing that makes us sinless is the blood of Jesus Christ. And uh, and that's such a gift. Grace is such an amazing gift. I don't know how anybody could <laughs> could not accept the grace that's offered yeah. through Christ. Um, so it's been a process. It really has. And and I, and I'll say one of the one of the best things that ever happened to me was meeting one of your good friends, Marty Mayer. Oh, yeah. And being a part of Marty's uh, Bible study on Thursday mornings for many, many for years. years, right? Yeah, yeah. And just faithful, and, and yeah. You know, it, it's uh, it's just unpeeled so many layers of uh, of what it really means to be a Christ follower. Uh, and and I'm not there yet. I'm not. I'm not there yet. I, I don't know that I'll ever be there. But but I know that God loves me. Uh, he created me. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's dealing with with me. He knows I'm I'm Andre, and uh, and he knows I'm trying every day to be the best man that I can be, and that's that's all I can do. Yeah, no, that's great. I was with a group on this past Monday morning, and just the the way he put it, I'd heard the concept before, but the way he put it was so interesting because a lot of times we can walk around knowing our past and with shrugged shoulders, and not really walking with confidence. And one of my friends said that when we have a relationship with Jesus, like he makes us permanently clean before God. Like we are permanently that spotless, which I mean, is amazing. It really is. It's, it's, it's almost unbelievable. <laughs> Obviously I believe it, but it's like, man, it does, it doesn't make sense. Um, so we're permanently clean before God, but we're also in process until, yeah. until we're done of looking more and more like Jesus. And, and that's just the, the cool part is the, um, the assurance that we are totally covered but then just the the joy of, and sometimes it's painful, but the joy of knowing that you're not who you were 10 years ago, five exactly. years ago, and, exactly. and we're all kind of in process. And it doesn't mean we have to get to a certain point to earn his love, it's already there. And out of that, we can, we can continue to grow and invite others to do that. And I think there's something really cool that we can pass along to, to coaches and players. Like if they show up before practice, and then we said it before on here, but, but Marty even talks about uh, take a lap. Like before you even play or or suit up, that you're loved, you're accepted, and that, that God's proud of you. Somebody's proud of you. It, it takes you so much pressure like, off of you. Yeah, sure. uh, I mean, I know it has for me. You know, this world that we live in is a very critical world, and it's a scary world. It really is, and uh, it gets scarier by the day. <laughs> and uh, it's just such a gift. Grace yeah. is. It, it, it's you know the way that Jesus looks at us is totally different than the way that the world looks at us yeah. and the way that we judge each other. And uh, and I'm certainly guilty of that. And that's something I fight every single day is not to put my judgment on other people because, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to be judged harshly uh, by, by my Father in heaven. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I know I can't live up to 
I can't live up to my own expectations, much less, <laughs> uh, much less his. But I know his expectations are are for me to grow, mm-hmm. and for me, it's a daily thing. And uh, I just, I'm just so thankful that I know Jesus Christ. Yeah, and you, and you love kids enough to not let them stay where they're at. You talked about challenge too, because a lot of a lot of the last ten minutes you talked about, you know. If, if you're a coach, you might be thinking, oh, man, this is a whole lot of soft stuff. But as you said, you, you, there's also a time to kind of kick them in gear, too. So there's this beautiful balance of if you only have love and you never remind them what they need to be doing and get on them, then that's not going to be ideal. And if you're on them all the time riding them, but they never know that you love them, you know, that's going to drive them away as well. So you kind of have that have that balance of, of kind of grace and challenge. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, that really sports it's one of the few places where you get that in our world anymore. Uh, all of us as parents try so hard to to make sure our kids have wonderful lives. And sometimes, you know, we remove barriers for them that they would be so much better off if we let them fight their own fights yeah. and uh, and scrape their knees and bruise their elbows and, and uh, you know, they would be, be better there off. Pick, be there to pick them up. Be there, say, absolutely. Yeah. Be there to pick them up. Tell them that you're proud of them, mm-hmm. and do it again. Try it again. Yeah. You know, um, and and I think sports is sports is so sports are so important because that happens in sports. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in my sport in football, you're going to get knocked down. <laughs> the question is, are you going to get back up, and then are you going to keep getting back up? Because in life, and I, I tell players this all the time. Uh, you're going to get knocked down in life. Yeah. I don't care how much money you have, and I don't, you know, I don't care uh, what your circumstances are. Whoever you are, you're going to get knocked down in life, and there's going to be challenges in life. You know, we're we're told that in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you've got to get yourself trained to keep getting back up. Yeah. Uh, never stay down. And, uh, and, and, and again, try, try to get better every single day, whether it's a sport, whether it's a class, what, whatever it is, yeah. try to get better every day. Yeah, I, I love that you, uh, you, you kind of referenced uh, Ricky Buckler, because that sounds like, again, this, I was just hearing kind of like that, that resilience thing is just so, so important in your sport but then man that just translates so much because it, it is inevitable and and sometimes if you have a ton of money you can you can even create its own problems so it's like we're absolutely not, not going to go through this life without having challenges and man what better way to figure out how to handle that than than suiting up and, and playing on the gridiron or whatever whatever other sport yeah and, I, and i'm sure it's the same way in other i mean you know other sports as well the thing i love about football and the reason i've always been drawn to football well first of all it was the only sport that i didn't get cut from oh, so there, there you, you go. know i tried basketball and i got cut i had two left feet and baseball i couldn't hit a ball <laughs> so I'm, I'm not the most athletic guy in the world and football is a sport where if you, you don't have to be a great athlete, you just have to keep getting up. That's true. You have to persevere, and uh, and you know that's something I learned how to do, and that's why I love football. And football is great because it starts in the heat, it ends in the cold. Um, not everybody's going to get to score a touchdown. Not everybody's going to get their name in the newspaper. Uh, it, it's you, you have to sacrifice for the common good. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, which I think is a, a Christian value, but it's also an American value, yeah. and uh, you know that's something I believe strongly in too. Is that we live in the greatest country in the world. It's not a country without problems, mm-hmm. but we need to be proud to be Americans, 
and uh, what we need to do instead of complaining is is working together to try try to make this work together place and be a part of the every change. day. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, it's really good. Well, I, I just appreciate uh, just all your all your insights and your and your wisdom. I know you've already left a, a legacy of of a coaching tree, I'm sure, but also you know hundreds, if not thousands, at this point, maybe players that have played under you. So I just appreciate your heart and just your. Uh, faithfulness all these years of coaching and uh, you've always been a, a great friend of, of Marty's and a great friend of FCA's and a supporter even a, a, a group leader you had your Wolfpack coaches group there um, and just been uh, it's been a joy to, to get to know you a board member at one point and so just appreciate um, you and your heart and, and all that you've done for this community and, and FCA as well so thanks for yeah. thanks for being on the show and uh, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, I appreciate it, Nate. And I've got to say, FCA, I wish we had an FCA when I was in high school. I really do. I think I would have been drawn to it. And, it, you know, I, I might have gotten to know Christ uh, a lot sooner than I did. And I'm thankful for the work that you guys do in the schools because uh, more today than ever, our, our kids need to hear about the grace that Christ offers and, uh, and how it can change your life. For the better, uh, there, there's a lot of competition out there for our kids, and and uh, they need to they need to know that there's one true God, and uh, and hopefully hopefully get a get a chance to follow that God. That's awesome. Well, best wishes on the season, and uh, yeah, we'll be looking out for for a good good year for the Rebels. I appreciate it. I'm hoping so. I <laughs> see you. Awesome.